Hello, everybody. Bobby the Awesome here. And today I have with me Mr. Shai Tabulai. I'm so intimidated. Repeat it for me. Shai Tubali. That's Shai that's perfectly understandable. <laughs> uh, yes, practice makes perfect. Well, welcome to 321, Shai. How are you? Thank you. I'm so happy being here with you today. I'm very interested in having someone of your caliber go deep on these topics with me. So I'm really mm. looking forward to this interview. Mm. But before I dig into picking your brain, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little about yourself? Of course, I, I will try to to uh, to somehow um, explain it all uh, together, uh, put it all together, all the different components, because I do uh, various things. Uh, I would uh, say generally that I'm a researcher of of consciousness, a researcher of the human mind, uh, the mind's ability uh, to be either a source of suffering <laughs> or a source of of freedom and happiness. And I do this as, uh, as both a, a spiritual teacher and practitioner and an academic philosopher. I've published many books uh, uh, in the field of Eastern philosophy and practice, uh, self-transformation. And I've also developed uh, several psycho-spiritual or meditation-based uh, methods for transformation and therapy. So I've been teaching in Europe and throughout the world since uh, the year 2000. And I would say that, that my main interest or passion is to demonstrate the way meditative states can uh, influence our ability to say yes to life's challenges. That's, that's the passion. <laughs> say that again, to use meditation to give us the ability... Yes, how we can uh, use the meditative states, uh, higher states of consciousness, in order to influence our ability to say yes to life's challenges, to embrace life and to, uh, to make better decisions, to heal our traumas and so on. Love it. This is so important, like really, really important. And the, the thing that I wrote down as you were introducing yourself that I think is so <laughs> important is... You said we can use our mind for suffering mm. or for freedom. Mm. And I think I think that in the addiction space and people who mm. have compulsive behaviors, um, we use it for suffering a lot of the time. And and I would equate freedom to recovery. Do you think that's accurate? Yes, yes, uh, super recovery, <laughs> because freedom takes us even beyond recovery. It's, it, it, this means that we're, we, we're not only recovering or, or feeling okay or relieving ourselves of suffering, but we're also finding a higher form of happiness. Wow. I love this. Why did you get started on this mission? Uh, well, uh, this was uh, uh, in the year 2000. It was after uh, having uh, my own personal discoveries in the field of of meditation i simply discovered what meditation can do to your happiness sense of of unconditional freedom love and joy we've all heard that right like a lot of people right. say that. so yes. it, 
Is it too personal to ask you what that looked like? Like what maybe your before and after was or what your results were, or what you did to get the results? Do you mind diving into that? Well, yes, of course. Uh, it, I, I think that, uh, that uh, the main transformation uh, uh, could be described as a, as a feeling of be, becoming uh, quite available because usually our mind is so terribly occupied with uh, uh, so many inner conflicts, uh, self-judgment, fears, anxieties, worries, control, uh, efforts to control reality, uh, and so on and so on. And nowadays I term this the thinking machine, and perhaps we will uh, explore this, this term and what it implies also in relation to addictions. But, but then uh, I would say that the main transformation has been that the mind has become, well, would I say simply silent, you see, relaxed, uh, without free of existential tension, without this need to constantly search for, for uh, different forms of happiness, without this inner dissatisfaction that we tend to experience and certainly without addictions and uh, and obsessions and and compulsive thoughts wow i i would love that i would i would love to have that uh so i've heard this i've heard people praise meditation before and mm. talk about it and like I understand it's not instant gratification, right? Like you can't just meditate one day and and have a clear mind, correct? <laughs> correct. You can have a clear mind for for some time, but after after uh, the experience uh, fades out, then you are back to your normal functioning of your mind. Okay. So what would you have, I think, 35 plus meditations that you you created or, or that you've shared in your books. Is that true? No, that, that, that I've compiled. The, these are classical meditations from all across the globe. Classical meditations deriving from uh, different traditions around the world. Oh, beautiful. Even better yeah. because not, <laughs> it's not one size fits all, is it? Exactly, exactly. Because we need to, one of the, the rules of meditation is never just, just look for uh, uh, the meditation that is most popular, that everyone practices or that uh, uh, the tradition that you, that you happen to encounter on your way tells you that, that this is the ultimate form of meditation. You have to experiment, you, you have to feel adventurous and to try out different types of meditations until you find those that, that, that are the easiest, most natural for you. Now, how do you know if you're doing it right? How do you know that you're doing it right? Well, uh, it's very important, first of all, not to have this kind of expectation that you'll immediately experience uh, uh, silence and satisfaction and contentment because we always have this expectation that we will sit for meditation and we will experience silence, relaxation. This doesn't always happen. Actually, and unfortunately, but, but for good reasons, the first thing that happens to you when you begin to, uh, to em embark on the journey of meditation is that you discover uh, that what that your mind is uh, 
you, you are becoming aware of the fact that your mind is really noisy. You mm-hmm. see? Because suddenly, uh, all, the, all this uh, undercurrent activity that influences your moods, your wrong choices in life, your, uh, your uh, uh, surface anxieties, suddenly all this activity, these unconscious thoughts that pe- whisper in your ear constantly all day long, it is revealed. So now you have to, to somehow uh, become aware of this activity and you have to, to learn how to disengage from it slowly but surely, you see? And, and you can do it, but, but we need to understand meditation is first of all, learning to uh, understand how your mind works. So that is why meditation is sometimes filled with pitfalls and, uh, and obstacles, but when I understand that these pitfalls and obstacles are a part of my meditative practice, then I embrace these experiences with joy and with curiosity. Oh, so you're, you're kind of stopping the resistance. If you understand they're part of it, you're stopping Mm. the resistance. Exactly. Because we're thinking, oh, now I'm having a, a, a terribly noisy mind. This means that I'm resisting and struggling with my meditation. But what if I stop resisting the resistance? You see, no longer resistance, only a part of you, you including it as a part of your practice. Now, this is one of the deepest laws of meditation. Meditation tells you don't resist anything. Stop reacting to your thoughts. Stop reacting to your emotions because that only complicates things. What happens, think of it, for instance, uh, I sit for meditation and I have these this, uh, uh, feelings, uh, these thoughts about the future. And this is natural because I'm so used to organizing my life ahead that I'm simply unable to, to, uh, to, to stop this kind of, well, completely redundant activity. So now I... I realize that these are my thoughts, but then I begin to react to them, which means I try to stop them or I try to suppress them or I try to become silent. What happens as a result is that I divide myself, I split myself into two, the silencer <laughs> of my thoughts and my thoughts, and then that's it. I, I'm, I'm trapped in, a, in, in some mental conflict. So in meditation, you learn to observe without reaction. That's the first learning uh, of meditation. And later you learn how to observe life without reaction, how to observe uh, uh, difficulties without immediately uh, withdrawing or contracting or trying to, uh, to make it stop. Wow. You said a lot of good things in there. So <laughs> So we just sit with the thoughts is what you're saying that when we're in meditation, we just let them be there. Just let them be. Hmm. Okay. Yes. Yes. So sometimes perhaps they, they say in tradition, uh, uh, when you have a, a, a meditate, a certain thought, it is, you can generalize it. For instance, instead of uh, uh, looking into the nature of your, of your anger and trying to analyze it, you simply call, type, uh, label it anger, desire, dissatisfaction, and that is all. So, so this diminishes your struggle. I love that. Yeah. You said 
this this to me right now is like a really big deal. If we learn to not react to those thoughts in our mind, Mm -hmm. I think I heard you say that that practice will help us not react in life to the things that are going around us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That sounds like the secret to success in work, in addiction, in everything. Because if we're not reacting or triggered, right? Like that's the, the, in the world of addiction word triggers. Mm -hmm. If you're not reacting and triggered, then you you can almost cure yourself from addiction. Yes, exactly, exactly. Because you don't you don't uh, uh, have to let your thoughts and emotions uh, uh, color your reality. So you see, you're, you're starting you're starting uh, to practice this in meditation. Now, what happens when there are certain uh, unpleasant situations and even states of weaknesses from which? Uh, 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 on the basis of which we often develop all kinds of addictions, right? Because we wish to escape these uh, uh, states of of weakness, states of uh, disappointment, of frustration. So we try to compensate for these states. Now, what if what happens if I learn exa- exactly as I, as I do in meditation? I learn to be with even an unpleasant thought or an unpleasant emotion or an unpleasant situation. But this time I do not escape. I learn how to be, to make friends with, with uh, sensations, emotions, thoughts, and, con- and later with uh, situations. Wow, that's like blowing my mind. So how does one, we, I kind of bounced all around. So, sure, sure. So if I'm a person listening to this show right. and I'm like, I want to crack this code. I want to do this for me. Yes. So they go, maybe they get your book, maybe they YouTube, they, they find a meditation. They have to try different ones to find the one that they're connected. Right. Yes. Yes. Then they go through this process of practicing the practice, I presume, right? Like you mm-hmm. have to practice. like first for me through my journey, just a, just to know that I'm acknowledging has become its own little practice. Like I get very proud of myself when I could be the observer. Um, mm. Right. Mm. So like I could be meditating and having these thoughts, but not notice that I'm having these thoughts and just be reacting to these thoughts. Exactly. Yes. That's, that's very well said. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so how does someone get conscious of being the observer or how do they know they're not observing? How do they even know this is a thing? Like maybe we get them questioning that this is a thing because we're having this conversation. So like, where do they start with that? Well, I would start, uh, I would start by uh, uh, practicing not a, a, a specific technique, but just sitting with myself and, and for some time, uh, Sit and, 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 and invite all thoughts and emotions to arise and to show themselves to me, like really fearlessly sitting and saying, okay, now I want to, to, to get in touch, to encounter finally all these uncurrent thoughts and emotions that, 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 that uh, uh, hide in the dark of my, of my, of my being, you see. And then, and then to, to begin to just notice them 
with, this can be with closed eyes for 10 minutes, just, just 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And then, and then practicing not reacting to, to a certain thought, you see, because when you're not reacting, you're becoming the observer. That's the thing. What, uh, there is a certain law in meditation that I call the law of attention. Not the law of attraction, the, the, the well-known law, law of attraction, this is different. And the law of attention tells you, you are, there are two elements in, in your mind. One is attention. You are paying attention, right? You illuminate everything that you're paying attention to through your attention, through your awareness. And then there are all those thoughts and emotions and sensations you're aware of. Now, our tragedy is that the two has, have become one. Now we cannot separate anymore and we cannot make even choices of whether to identify with a, a certain thought, emotions or sensation. You see? So if I stop reacting, I'm becoming aware of the content, but I'm not, I'm not involving myself in it. This makes me finally step back. And this stepping back is, the, the, is meditation. You see, without learning any technique, you don't need to learn any technique. So now you are, I don't know, sitting on a, 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 on a bus station. Now you're waiting for the bus. The bus is late and then there is anger. So now you can be aware of the anger. You can be aware of the fact that the bus is late, but not react to the anger and, and not react to the, to, to, to the fact that the bus is late. You see? So this keeps you in some kind of, uh, uh, puts you in some kind of a standstill, some kind of, of, of a silent space that, that, is, that doesn't move, that is not changing as a result of the situation, the thought that, that remains unshaped. This is meditation. I have a lot of work to do, clearly, because... <laughs> Uh, as you're speaking, I'm hearing the different things that, you know, that I get angry or, or have feelings about. And in reflection, I know my behavior is definitely reaction. And that's not something I'm very proud of. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, but, but that, that's, that's exactly it. Because suddenly you're starting to be aware of the fact that these are just reactions. This is the beginning. You don't have to, to immediately eliminate all these reactions. It's enough to, to just be able to, to say to yourself, oh, now this is just reactions, uh, just a reaction. This is the beginning of self-responsibility. You see, you stop uh, uh, mixing the situations and your reactions as if they were just one, <laughs> one event, Ooh. right? Yes, yes. Wow. Okay. I'd like to take a step back. You Please. said the way, the way I heard it, or I think um, it was implied was at one point we used to be able to separate the two. And now you said that they're like commingled our, our thoughts and our reactions. Right. And we can't yes. separate them. What caused this to happen? Why do you think we are this way? Oh, why we are uh, so heavily identified with our thoughts and feelings? Yes. Well, I, th- I think we haven't been educated at all to, uh, or, or taught to, to, to tell the difference. As a result, you see, it's, it's, a, it's just a habit of the mind 
that whatever that that whatever uh, thought or emotion uh, we we have is something that that is is that be, that is us you see <laughs> we are our thoughts i think this is the source of illusion we think that we are our thoughts emotions and sensations and we're not so no not at all we are actually the observers of this gushing river of thoughts emotions and sensations we stand on the bank you see watching everything and we get to choose whether to to pick up this emotion or this sensation and to embrace them as ourselves now the law of attention tells you as soon as you embrace something as yourself you become it now think of of the implications in terms of uh, of uh, addiction or obsessive thought because if you embrace a thought giving it your power of of mind your power of attention giving it a, a meaning and importance eventually sooner or later it becomes a monster because you have nourished it so much through your attention that now you cannot escape it so suddenly i feel that that there is a certain emotional pattern or mental pattern that I, that it takes over me you see i i i think i am completely powerless what can i do this is the pattern and it's uh, it it has a, a certain a, a power over me but this is not true at the very beginning i had the power i gave it power i decided that that this would be my let's say my preferred form of escape so by nourishing it now it's a monster and and this is when we begin to feel completely uh, overpowered by our own mind that's why we need meditation so desperately wow so the thoughts and feelings are like a bully they're trying to take over right no they're not a bully at all they are completely innocent they have they are completely powerless and empty of meaning you make them powerless a uh, powerful you I'll... make them a bully you see now when you realize oh i don't have to give power to this to this thought i have the power to give it meaning and significance this power away this is your key to freedom if if we can control the feelings and be the observer of the what i'll call negative feelings does right. this mean that if we meditate do we lose um our relationship with things like joy and happiness and fulfillment or what where do those feelings go oh that that's a wonderful question you see there there are two different types of 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 beautiful feelings uh, uh, there is one one type of feeling that that depends positive feelings i i am saying uh, blissful feelings happy feelings the first type is what we can call caused feelings and these are triggered by uh, by our environment by by stimuli by by certain uh, feedback that we receive or, or situations right someone says a, a, a good word about me a compliments me and i feel elevated so 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 that's so i'm happy or and but but this this can also be taken away from me right the very same person can now be disappointed in, in me and what will i do now then i i begin to be to demand forcefully this attention this recognition and this positive feedback because i want to feel that feeling so that's the 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 uh, downside of this type of feeling you see 
the on the other hand, exactly. On the other hand, there are internal feelings. These are self-generated. And, and this is actually wonderful because when you begin to be silent, you're realizing that you're starting to be flooded with certain positive emotions that have nothing to do with your environment, that cannot be taken away from, from you, that are self-generated. For example, unconditional uh, uh, love or joy or contentment or fullness. Uh, so all these feelings are suddenly yours, you see? And this is also a part of your freedom because, because now you know that you have this place inside you where you could find these feelings. Now you're beginning to develop a more mature and healthy relationship with your environment because you no longer demand <laughs> anyone to give you that. You see? I, I do see. And I look for themes, right? I talk to a lot of guests. Hmm. I read a lot of books. I listen to the gurus. And... <laughs> One of the themes, whether I'm studying intuition or business, is yes. take responsibility for my own actions, right? Like to not be the victim. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's been, mm. I have some consciousness about it and I try to live that way. Again, it's a work in progress, right? And it sounds like this is the cure for victimhood too, is, is you meditate and you get to those good feelings and you get to this heightened state and then mm. you know you control that like it's it's taking responsibility on a whole other level exactly exactly because now you're learning to to discover uh, 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 one of the secret powers of meditation is this unconditional uncaused feelings this is, I think, the, the greatest discovery ever, because now, for instance, think of how we are, we are constantly and desperately looking for a partner because we're experiencing ourselves as half. You see, as we, we are only a, a, one half and we are looking for our complementary half, this, this kind of, uh, or, uh, the, the one that will make us feel finally complete and at home. Now, what happens if you suddenly realize that you are your own lost half, you see? You find it within yourself. Now you experience this, this wholeness and you're feeling at home. So now this doesn't mean that you will never enter a relationship. It only means that you will never look desperately for relationships and that you will finally not put all these a uh, completely unrealistic expectation on the, on the uh, poor a fellow's shoulders, you see, because mm. they can't give us that. They're not meant to, to give us this unconditional, unbroken feeling of being at home. Mm. Yes, I've, I've always embraced the concept of our partner should complement us, not complete us. And the Beautiful. way you just broke it down, I really connected mm. with, the, with the two halves. So how does like everybody's busy everybody <laughs> has you know like who has time for meditation and, and to do all this stuff we're consumed right like our screen time is 
12 hours in a day, but we don't have time to meditate. Um, (laughs) Can you you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, that's a very good point because we say that we are are too busy. But uh, uh, first of all, to find five minutes for meditation, because recent research has shown that, that even five minutes a day can actually increase our ability to cope with emotions and and significantly reduce our stress. But how come that that for even for just these five minutes, (laughs) we don't find the time while, of course, uh, 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 checking out our our smartphones uh, constantly for this, we have plenty of time, right? So, well, there is first of all a sort of uh, some form of uh, of self-coaching in that. And for that, for instance, we need to learn uh, to to do certain things. For instance, learn to turn off your notifications on the phone. Uh, Do that proactively so so that then you you have this feeling that that your phone is relatively silent, you see. You have the choice whether to, to enter this content and not let it come to you. So this is one. Uh, second, uh, schedule some friendly reminders uh, via your phone. Use your phone uh, positively <laughs> <laughs> and receive these messages. Now it's time for five minutes meditation. And again, the, the, the beautiful thing is that even, even just, just a, a short visualization or, or a short breathing practice of, of uh, being aware of your of your breathing, incoming and and outgoing breathing, even that is enough to begin to experience this kind of of relief. So surely we have these five minutes and later our appetite grows because we are beginning to realize the the tremendous effect of of even, even just brief experiences of meditation. Suddenly, our whole day is, is permeated with, with some silence and, uh, and, and, and stillness within that enables us to be prepared for action. You see, because I think that the biggest uh, misconception about meditation is that it helps you to escape life, to escape your life, to move, to, to leave it behind and to be relieved. But when you begin to understand meditation, is a preparation for action. This is your foundation for, for, for better, clearer action in life. In the, then you, you are beginning to incorporate it into your life because it's a part of your actual life, you see? And if you're prepared for action and you're standing on the bank and you're not getting caught up in your emotions and all the drama of all of mm-hmm. that, then you're going to be mm-hmm. more productive in everything. Oh. Yes, yes. We, I, I think we don't realize the, the degree to which our, our creativity, our happiness, our, uh, our attention, uh, our ability to respond to life, the, all these are consumed by the thinking machine. You see, we are just not aware of, of the fact that we are wasting a tremendous amount of energy on thinking. Now, why do we need thinking at all? You see, do we need it? For instance, if, if I need to, uh, to, I don't know, to plan, a, to plan for, for an interview, then of course I use my thinking. If I'm writing a book, I will use my thinking. If I'm talking to you, I will use my thinking. 
But why do I need to use my thinking all day long, even when I don't need to act? Thinking is only when I'm meant to, to make decisions, when I need to, to make certain choices, but not when I'm brushing my teeth or just before I'm going to sleep. Why would I think? <laughs> it's a it's a great question um i know i know i like to think sometimes uh i call it the brain train so mm. and i do this sometimes not on purpose but i'll be reading a book for example and i see the word snow and then snow goes to a mountain and mountain goes to ski and ski goes to right. you know, so that's my brain train. Um, and sometimes, oh, I might know the answer to this as I talk through it out loud. Sometimes I like the thinking alone to get answers or... Exactly, yes. I guess I would get that in meditation. If I sat silent, I would get the answers without um, having to go on a brain train ride or um, be deliberate, huh? Oh, what, what a wonderful statement. Yes, I love it. It's a, because you are, uh, this is the thing where we, we, are, uh, we, we think that our best insights come as a result of thinking. But actually, our best insights very often come as a result of being silent and being completely receptive and, and in a way, positively empty. You see, not the, with this feeling of hole in our chest or in our stomach, but, but the, the positively empty positively open and spacious, like, like the vast open sky. Okay. Two thoughts. I know I'm going to forget <laughs> the second one, but you just did a really nice job. Um, oh, I know why. I know what I, I have to write it down. So I don't think. Or don't. <laughs> okay. So when I talk to my audience, um, especially yes. when I did more solo shows, I taught, you just said empty positivity so I always talked mm. about having this bucket and this is where all the trauma and the crap lives is in this mm. bucket and we have to scoop it out. And that's kind of like our recovery work. Mm. But I always, I've always preached it as we need to fill it with the positive things like, you know, self-care and meditation and, and those things and keep it full mm. so mm. that if someone tries to, you know, put more negative in, we're kind of blocking. Uh -huh. Protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I never really thought about it's okay to be empty because then you can accept even bigger gifts outside of our own capability of, of positivity. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what just happened for me there. So thank you. Yes, that's, that's good. That's good. And yes. then the other thing, um, and this I actually practice now. When I lose something, like if I miss, I know I need to be present to put something or I have to put something in the same spot to know where it is. Um, if I misplace something, like say I was looking mm -hmm. for my passport or, or something, a big deal. I can now tell myself, Bobby, stop thinking about where it is. And when I stop thinking about it, I'll figure out where it is later like and hmm. just knowing that it always shows up when I don't think about it so that's what resonated <laughs> with me when you were talking about why do we need to think right 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 it's true that 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 there is research that differentiate between uh, differentiates between between meditation and 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 associative thinking there is a form of associative thinking when we let our minds just flow 
without uh, without any kind of control that sometimes gives rise to creativity you see but uh, so so there is a positive type of of free flowing mind uh, but uh, but in general we uh, we need to at least be able to 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 de- to get to decide whether we are pushing the button and when 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 we are turning off this thinking machine and we are simply choosing to not to choose to just be empty like the vast open sky rather than being identified with one passing cloud wow wow so what um I have a couple other like random questions, <laughs> but um, what what are your feelings on transcendental meditation? Is there any, um, do you have any, any pros or cons or does it achieve the same kind of thing? Like, how do you feel about transcendental meditation? That, that's interesting that you're bringing this up because, uh, because transcendental meditation was my first meditation. The first, uh, my first meditation practice when I was, just uh, uh, 21 years old and actually it was it was a, a revolution for me it is a, it is a very uh, good meditation uh, uh, for beginners first of all it's a good introduction although uh, by now i'm convinced that there are there are much cheaper <laughs> meditation practices out there that you don't need to uh, to actually go through a, 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 a complete course and pay a lot of money because because mantras, for instance, uh, uh, on which the transcendental medita- meditation is based, are everywhere. So any any uh, a good mantra, any effective mantra, and and in my book there the, there are several mantras presented, uh, can do the work. The, the work, you see. So, so transcendental meditation is good for beginners, but it also has one uh, one benefit which I uh, use t- to to this day, and that is uh, whenever I want to simply calm my nervous system. Ah. Simply calm my nervous system. This 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 will not uh, necessarily transform my mind or lead me to higher states of consciousness or or make me understand my mind but it can help my nervous system to, to relax profoundly. For this one benefit, I, I do recommend this meditation. Love it. And you, you mentioned your book again, uh, books. I'm curious, when you were writing, yes. were you thinking or were you not thinking? <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's a good question. You see, I, I, I differentiate between two, two uses or two functions of thinking. One is thinking that that uh, takes over you and that is your master, which means that your whole energy is in your head. This is where you are, where your center of gravity is and thinking at the service of your, of your silence, of your silent mind. Now, thinking as a servant is wonderful. So, so I think even your thinking becomes relieved because it finally doesn't need to function as the master, because it doesn't know how to function as the as a as a master to to lead the way. So when I write books, I have I I, I listen. I am receptive. I am just open and I and I actually empty my mind just holding uh, some questions in my mind without looking for answers. 
And then, of course, I'm researching, I'm, I'm gathering information, but the major insights all come from silence, always. Okay, thank you. I, I was I was really curious since because you are a research, researcher, you have right. a PhD, right? So like in my I'm thinking that you think a certain way. Um, so I appreciate that. So what's the name of your most recent book? Do you want to share that with the audience? Of course, it's it's Llewellyn's complete book of meditation. Uh, the, this is this is this compilation of 35 uh, classical meditations from all over the world, including uh, uh, my own introduction, extensive introduction to to how we can deepen uh, and establish our meditative practice. Perfect. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite meditation? Oh. Well, it, it, this, this, is, this is changing from time to time. And I think this should be changing from time to time also uh, for everyone else, you see, because, to, uh, because uh, every now and then we, we have a different type of meditation that is more suitable for, for a certain stage of, of our development. You see, sometimes sometimes my meditation is, is simply what I call uh, and what has been traditionally called in Buddhism, non-meditation. <laughs> and non-meditation is when you sit and you stop even trying to meditate. <laughs> you stop you stop trying to do anything. You're not focusing on, on a particular thing. Not, no, not mantra, not your breathing, nothing. You're just opening yourself constantly and and reaching this point which is the ultimate effortlessness so it's total relaxation and that is uh, uh, mostly my favorite meditation <laughs> i love that shai is there anything that i forgot to ask you about or touch on that you might want to share because uh, i know i kind of bounced all over but i'm so intrigued <laughs> No, I think I think I think we, uh, th this has been such a, a, a rich discussion that I cannot think of <laughs> of a particular thing that is missing. Beautiful. Well, we'll per perhaps we can. Yes, please. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, per perhaps I, I could I could only uh, uh, say this one last word or statement that uh, please do not fear silence. Sometimes we're afraid of, of silence. Then this is this is the re, uh, 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 as a result we're having this kind of screen addiction and other forms of addiction. We are so afraid of being alone in silence without any kind of stimulation. Don't be afraid of it because actually in the at the core of of silence at the core of of your of of your aloneness. The, uh, your greatest source of bliss and happiness await you. I love that. I love that. So much hope. And, and here's the beautiful thing. It's free. You don't have to pay to go to a place. You don't, mm. you can do it anytime, anywhere. Um, what a beautiful gift. And, and I mm. really, I've talked about meditation a lot on the show, but never with this, this amount of, uh, understanding like I have a different sense of understanding after speaking mm. to you so I mm, really I mean I wrote down cure for addiction self-responsibility I'm so much good stuff here so thank you again Shai we really appreciate you being here today thank you so much it's been a great joy speaking to you
Thank you.